0: Well, I'm not a crook. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for man. I have a dream. All I ask of our brethren is that they take their feet off our necks.
1: It transcends the senses. This is Murder of Grey. Welcome to the ChatGPT podcast, a place where we tackle some of the toughest dilemmas of our digital age. Every week, we have conversations with experts from all over the world who have an opinion on the ethical and legal issues arising from the use of artificial intelligence, machine learning, and other technologies. Tune in for thoughtful and thought-provoking perspectives on the possibilities and pitfalls of an increasingly programmable future. All right, so <laughs> that was actually from ChatGPT, an AI generating bot. And it is an intro that was created by them. I just put in a couple of weird little things, they're like, hey, ask some specifics, and that's what it spit out. How terrifying is that? But that is what we are going to be discussing today. We are going to be diving into the world of ChatGPT and AI generated items, similar to what we talked about with AI art and. As a little spoiler, it's actually the same exact company that is running a lot of one of the biggest AI art generators out there, Dolly. So, yeah, let's just dive right into it. Uh, I'm Christian. I'm Chris. And this is the Murder of Grey podcast. Like I said, we're going to be discussing AI-generated art today. And it is not art, AI-generated words. I guess words could be art, too. Uh, But it is a very interesting application out there that is available to the masses right now. I was using it on my cell phone, and that's where I got that introduction that it provided. But what's terrifying, in my opinion, and maybe terrifying is not the right word. It's a little blown out of proportion. Uh, but it is able to formulate uh text in a very i guess like humanistic way where supposedly you can even ask it to write articles uh, from the perspective of a 12 year old and it will do it Uh, and if i would if i spent a little bit more time on the intro i could have asked it to refine it more to simplify it to really narrow it down into something specific and it have it spit out something kind of amazing so some people are pretty terrified of this when it comes to their jobs uh some journalists are really thinking that this might be the end of their careers because this is pulling from a very large resource i mean When you look at DALI, it has a very large database and this is something very similar. So OpenAI is really changing the way that we look at the world and how we look at creativity in general. So it is going to be a very interesting couple of years as this continues to develop and finding out what's real and what's from a real person is going to be increasingly more difficult as this stuff progresses. So it is It is really cool to play around with them, not gonna lie, I had a lot of fun. I was just shocked and blown away the whole time <laughs> while I was doing it. And I have some blurbs that I've saved so we can go over those a little bit later as well. But yeah, like, what's your viewpoint on this? Like, How do you feel about ChatGPT as a whole before we start getting into some of the potential problems, I guess you could say about it?
0: I think it's fascinating. Um, it honestly wasn't really something I expected, uh, an AI thing to really be created for, like Dolly makes sense, right? AI art, you know, some people love it, some people hate it, but it's expected, right? AI generated art makes sense. When it comes to script writing, it, I wasn't really expecting that because it just, a part of me is like, why, you know? Because I'm like, oh, we have journalists for that. Like, why do we need an AI? Like, yeah, but I then can also AI... we have
1: artists for that, right? Why do we need that? Right? I guess you can make that argument. True,
0: you could do that, but it's, I guess it, it's something I didn't expect. Mm-hmm. You know, with art, I can kind of see that being easier to understand that it's happening, but with this, it's just left field. And I personally don't think it would, you know, maybe take away jobs from journalists because you have to think like a lot of journalists, they're covering stuff as it's happening or something that is like in progress, right? I think this would more so affect um maybe like research jobs, right? Like not like not mm-hmm. a journalist side, but yeah. like research, like say like, you know, maybe a I don't want to say scientific either, but you know, people maybe doing like hobbyist research or people that run Sites that are like looking back in history and trying to find something new to talk about, right? Like, look at the History Channel, and they have like thirty, like thirty shows on World War II, right? And you're Mm -hmm. like, what more could they talk about? Well, now we have this chatbot that can pull information from everywhere in a much more concise way that Google can, and it prints it up, making it all look nice, right? So, like that, that would make sense. It could also be the new way for people to get information. Not practical, but since you have to pay, but it's there. And, you know, when I first heard about this, the first thing I thought in my mind, oh, this would be perfect for school. And obviously, (laughs) you know, we see that people have found ways to find out if someone used this for, you know, papers. Which it's surprising, but also it's not surprising. I feel like if I used it, say, for a ten-page, you know, paper for my school, I feel like I would at least try to rewrite it a little bit. Yeah. Since, you know, these things, while pretty accurate, they're not a hundred percent, and you can tell sometimes that it's like. Hmm, this feels a little emotionalist. Like it it sometimes it's really good, but quite often I see it and I'm like I can tell this wasn't a human that made this. Mm-hmm. And especially with a research paper that probably takes 10 pages, it's like you know somewhere in those 10 pages it probably hiccuped or something. And my guess is some of these people just use it, get it and then send it off without really like proofreading it or double checking or, you know, making up a citation page or something, you know, cause think about this. If you're doing that, how are you going to cite anything? So that's true. Kind of have yeah. to make up your own citations, but I think it's a very interesting idea. It maybe I don't exactly see the exact importance of it aside from maybe helping people but i also feel like in its early stages that it's in right now it could do more harm and misinformation but i don't know i i think it's a really cool idea like i i love the idea of ai like i i think it's a very fascinating subject especially when you go and jump down the rabbit hole that is like strong AI versus weak AI and trying to understand the difference between one having, you know, cognitive capabilities while the other one's more of like a, I'm going to do something automatically for you, but without any kind of like human kind of intelligence. But that's that's a whole nother rabbit hole episode, possibly. Yeah.
1: There you go. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of hard to see the practical effects of this. And that's what I've been trying to mull over for, I mean, since we when since this was first brought to my attention is what, what are the practical effects? What what is the purpose of this rather than it just spewing out a bunch of words at you? Right. Like what what job is really going to be at fault here? Because no matter what, like you said, citations are going to be an issue because you have no idea where it's actually pulling from. Like It could be pulling from Wikipedia, which we all know is not a valid citing resource whenever you're writing papers and things like that. So where exactly is this coming from and how biased is this information? I think one of the things that we can kind of take away from the information given by Chat ChatGPT is that we know undoubtedly that it will be wrong at some point, right? Like no matter what. The information isn't going to be one hundred percent correct, but I guess you can say that about any scientific journal or anything, right? Like there's going to be some bends in the truth. There's going to be some bias based on the writer themselves. They're going to choose to omit certain things. So it is kind of interesting, and it it really reminds me of that chatbot that became anti-Semitic within a couple hours, right? That like one mm-hmm. of the very first experiments of this was a Twitter bot that was pulling information from Twitter to then generate uh, random tweets that trying to mimic human nature and what an actual person would say. And within two or three hours, it became incredibly racist and they had to pull the plug on the project. But that was just showing the internal biases of the pool that they were pulling from. And what's to say that's not happening right now with ChatGPT, right? Whoever... So basically what it's it's saying or like what can be a possible outcome of this is whoever puts out more information wins, whoever puts out more information is going to get pulled from more as a potential resource. And then that is going to get spewed to the people who use ChatGPT for actually finding out facts, which I don't know why anyone would do that right now. It makes no sense. (laughs) Like, why you would be going to ChatGPT for answers that you actually need answers to. Uh, But it's, it's happening, right? We're seeing it in schools where in New York, it actually is banned from all public schools where you cannot download the app. But of course, what's to say that you can't download it at home on your own personal computer? Nothing. Nothing is really stopping that. And whenever it comes to plagiarism checkers, They are working on it, but it's not 100% there just yet. So I I think it's gonna be a little bit, it's gonna take a little bit of time to actually be able to determine if this is from ChatGPT. And I think the only way to do that is for them to save the information, save every single answer, and if they want, and if OpenAI works with the school system to release that information of the weird, fucked up questions that people are asking, (laughs) <laughs> right? And they can cross-reference the database and see, oh yeah, on this date uh, from this IP address, they actually asked this question and this is what our, our software provided them. And now that's a huge invasion of privacy and that just becomes a big deal. And that will probably be the end of OpenAI. So they're probably not going to do that and cooperate on that kind of a level. So how do we actually determine if this is from a AI or not? Now that's, like you said, whenever you read them, there's some answers where you're like, yeah, that's obviously a robot. <laughs> that's not that's not anyone at all. But I actually asked it the question, do you have empathy? I was looking thinking about it from a Blade Runner perspective. The test that they give all of the AI is one to check for empathy. And that's supposed to be one of the biggest things that cannot be replicated. So I just asked it straight up. Chatbot, do you have empathy? And. It came back with a question, which I thought was really interesting. And it said, Do you mean compassion and understanding? Well, yes, of course I do. Empathy and compassion and understanding are all important qualities for forming strong relationships and for being mindful of the needs of others. And I was like, That's a weird answer. <laughs> like, obviously, it's a very long winded answer. So you can tell that it wasn't like a genuine thing. Right. And I think that's one of the big things that I noticed with ChatGPT is that they are very long answers they're not to the point that which a human would probably be able to do now you could probably spit that or send that back into chat gpt and ask to refine the answer or shorten this or make it more concise and it might be able to so i think that's uh, a very interesting aspect but that requires more work from the user which i don't see 90 percent of the people actually doing like you said I feel like they're just going to take what they get and just run with it, not even check it, not fact check it. But I I think that's going to be that might be while some people are afraid that certain jobs might be taken away from this, fact checking jobs are going to be huge (laughs) going forward with in journalism if this becomes a journalism tool or like we have to check these facts before they come out, especially for these large companies. So if there's a company that is thinking about using ChatGPT, well, they better hire on a couple more fact checkers just to check these things before they get posted. So it is a very interesting idea there. So I'm, I'm kind of curious about it all. And then for shits and giggles, I asked it, would you rather burp butterflies or fart unicorns? Can you guess what ChatGPT said? Oh, no. No. <laughs> says it would rather burp butterflies. So <laughs> I just thought that was pretty. Funny. thought that was pretty funny and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so the fact that it's actually willing to answer some really stupid shit, too. Uh, and that would have no basis in any sort of research whatsoever. So and that was the only short and concise answer that I ever got from ChatGPT was that one, because its only frame of reference was my question. So it just probably flipped a coin. And I bet if I, you know, asked the same question multiple times, it would probably be 50% every single time.
0: I think, like, you know, there are some positives to having something like this. Like, think about maybe you need to bounce ideas off of something that you are writing, right? It doesn't have to be a school paper. It could be maybe you want to write a book or even just for yourself, get some ideas, some thoughts out there, and, you know, I'm pretty sure all of us at one point have just typed into Google, like, what is it like to feel like a fish, or, you know, something like that, like some stupid question, or, you know, you want to be able to explore your thought, and sometimes the answers we get just aren't helpful or there's 50,000 links that get sent at you. And of course the first 15 of them are all sponsored links from Google and Mm -hmm. you don't know like which ones aren't. And it's just, it's a mess with this. I feel like at least even if it's not like a hundred percent accurate, it at least will take what you gave it and will spit something back at you that might help you, right? Like, it might give you an idea, or some creative juices might start flowing. Like, it's, I could see some benefits in this, and I think in that regard, it's helpful, right? Like, sometimes, you know, I, I'm i writing something, and it just, I get stumped, and it's not stumped about, like, information or anything. It's just, how can I expand on this topic more? Mm-hmm. And I feel like with this, it could at least shoot some sample ideas at you that or point you in the right
1: direction, help. right? Yeah, yeah. I like that idea and, actually of getting the creative juices flowing. It's like working in a collaborative environment with just yourself.
0: Exactly. Like that's, it's that's it's perfect for that. Like think about, and I mean, this could be kind of bad for some people and depending on the field but like you know how like there's like groups that try to come up with ideas for you know the company's I, I don't know some kind of event and instead of having seven people to kind of brainstorm and do something you have one person that just types into this and hey, you get a good idea from it and it works like it I think that it's going to be a powerful tool in the future Mm -hmm. by future, maybe this year, you know, the way things are advancing, but yeah, the future is now. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like it has a lot of positives that'll be helpful to us. Will it make some people's lives harder and might take, you know, their jobs possibly, but you know you have to think about ever since a i has you know been worked on since like what the fifties mm-hmm. small like things with it have kind of it's it's helped people more than it's harmed them at least from some of the research that I've done, that's how it seems so while yes, this could be harmful to some, I think that once it's a lot more hmm i don't want to say in depth but just stable i guess i think it's going to be a very powerful tool that will help people um you know i think something i was reading is a lot of people were afraid of like oh what if this thing will spew misinformation right cuz that that's that's a hot topic for a lot of people with, like, oh, fake news, all this kind of stuff. Like, oh, is it going to tell us, like, what one political party doesn't want us to talk about or something like that? Well, the news and is
1: already doing that.
0: It Exactly. But some people, like, I saw people were doing this and they, they were typing it in there to see their answer. And it's like, when it comes to a bias, you can't really you know, I feel like it's not going to work the best in that Mm -hmm. sense, right? Like it's not going to, it's going to take what is, you know, out there more. And, you know, I think a lot of people might not like the answer to what they look for, but at the end of the day, you have to remember this thing is pulling information from so many different sources. And if a majority of the sources are saying one thing, it's probably going to point that way, right? You know?
1: Or at least the majority of the the, world of like is... the backers, right? So like mm-hmm. whatever companies are backing OpenAI, they're probably going to get first pull from their research, right? So I think it's really important for OpenAI to stay open, like it says in their name, to all resource platforms and not allow a certain company or a political party to become yeah, over I guess um, what's the word I'm trying to think of like overexposed right or mm-hmm. you know, right if that makes sense because I could see that happening uh, like easily because it's it is a still it's still a tech company and tech companies need funding and if like let's say the Republican Party wants to fund open AI, well a lot of your answers might become more leaning towards that. Right, and even it mm-hmm. could be conservative in certain ways too, right? So, I that is that right there would be a very interesting avenue for it to go down. But I I do like that idea a lot of it being more for a collaborative environment. And I I can't tell you how many times I've had like writer's block or just didn't know how to work on a certain idea, and it never dawned on me of asking Chatbot about something or. Maybe typing in the topic that I'm currently working on and seeing what comes out because there might be something that I forgot, missed, or don't know about. And then I would go to the more traditional research methods and find out more about that given topic that was given to me and see if it would fit or if it sparked something else, right? So like as a jumping off point as a platform, that could be a very powerful tool that would be really exciting to use and utilize. So I don't know. I, I like that aspect a lot. All right. So I did ask it some more questions. And I thought this was very fitting because I I wanted to ask it questions that were about philosophers, about certain dilemmas, uh, and just kind of see what ChatGPT would bring up for us. And I I was very curious about this. So one of the questions I asked was actually, uh, tell me who the most important philosopher is and why. So we did a little mini series on philosophers and kind of diving further into the lives that they led, the ones that people might not know about. But chat decided to give me this kind of answer. And I, I thought it was a very interesting one, but uh, this is a very difficult question to answer as it is subjective and dependent on individual opinion. However, many would agree that Plato is one of the most important philosophers in history. He was a student of Socrates and the teacher of Aristotle. His theories had a major influence in western philosophy as well as ethics, logic, political philosophy, and math. His most famous work, The Republic, is considered one of the foundational texts in history of western philosophy. Now, like I there's a couple things about this one where like yes, it does sound like a robot is kind of spewing this. Like there isn't really much humanistic <laughs> approach to this answer. But I do like the fact that it was able to, instead of just saying Plato, right, like it, it actually gave reason behind it. And it gave some sort of uh, like, like a platform as to why Plato might be argued as one of the most important philosophers, which I thought was really impressive. And, you know, like this is still the early days. So, I mean, who knows, maybe by the end of 2023, that answer will that sound more conversational instead of it just sounding like I'm reading a Wikipedia article which is exactly what it sounds like right it just did that mm-hmm. and then it spouted off a few fun facts about Plato and it's like okay cool like I like that sounds great right <laughs> but it probably pulled Plato because he might have been the most searched philosopher uh in their database which kind of makes sense or they just have the most articles on that person And I haven't tried this yet, but I'm actually really curious if I ask the same question twice, what kind of answers am I going to get? Like if I ask that again, would it then give me Pythagoras, right? Would it give me Mm. Socrates? Would it give me someone else? And is it really dependent on a random seed, which a lot of computer generation is dependent on, especially random, like with procedural generation and video games and things like that? Or even to put it in a simpler terms, think about Minecraft. A lot of people play Minecraft. A lot of people are kind of amazed at the fact that every time you start a new world, it's, it looks completely different. Well, most of the time, the math and algorithms are actually based off of time. So time is a very interesting tool to use because you can break it down to not just the hour or the minute. You can go the second, the millisecond, and even further down the line that way and the the further uh, down you go the more random it appears to be because the only time you would get the same exact seed once again is if you hit that time down to the millisecond exactly the same as whenever you clicked it Mm. before so i'm wondering like at at what level because i'm not saying like this is random but it does sound like a random answer right so where like, can we get the same answers over and over again? Will it keep saying Plato over and over and over again? Or eventually am I going to get someone else? So I'm kind of curious about that. And maybe it's dependent on user. Maybe it's dependent on region. Uh, We don't know. So I'm actually very curious about that. And that would be kind of an interesting little experiment there.
0: You know, this is making me think, like, what if this is just going to become a tool for other, uh like, AI programs, right? Like, say, like, an AI assistant. So, you know, say you talk to Siri or Alexa or something, and they'll have this function, right, where, you know, maybe three years down the road you can be like, hey, write me a medieval fantasy and it just basically like starts like talking to you like an audio book mm. or what if you know this kind of powerful information generation of information was used in conjunction with another ai asset and was made stronger that way right because like this is a powerful tool, but I feel like it would be something in a tool belt for something bigger. And that's kind of where I'm wondering this will end up going because with the use of like artificial general intelligence, it sounds like it's going to be using a lot of, you know, you would think a lot of these tools are going to be kind of put together. Like, think about it at least with this company they already have the word generation and the art generation so it's like if they were able to create some super general cognitive ai you know it could not only write you a script like it's talking to you but it's also giving you a visual representation of what it's talking about so To an extent, maybe one day this could almost be like a storybook or it tells you a story through images and text. Like it's, Mm. I don't know, I was thinking about that when you were talking about that last one. I'm like, what if it just like got to that point where it just would auto-create things like that?
1: That would be really interesting. Actually, while you were speaking too, I thought about another potential use that might be beneficial some people may be afraid of it at first, but what about an AI nurse, right? Like we're already using teledoctors like crazy, but mm-hmm. what about the people who just go to WebMD to find answers? What? Why can't it pull from medical research as well for simple questions that, and if it's something that seems to be a little too far out of its grasp or might be a little bit more serious that, or maybe sensitive material, it just tells you like, please, you know, reach out to your primary physician for further information on X, right? But so many people go to WebMD for little minor ailments that they're curious about, like, oh, I have this, uh, what is this red blotchy thing on my skin? Well, you bumped your arm into a fucking door, idiot. But, like, (laughs) right? it it could be a quick, easy solution so that we're not tying up nurses and doctors with just kind of silly, mundane things. Like, that's what the whole point of the tele-doctor Mm -hmm. is right now, It's to speed up visits. It's to make things go much quicker so that they can talk and interact and help more patients faster and more efficiently. Well, what if it gets vetted by AI nurses first? And then if it's severe or if the patient is demanding to actually speak with a real nurse or a real doctor, then it gets forwarded that way. But I'm sure a lot of questions might get answered if uh, AI just let them know, like, oh, this sounds like X. Take some Nyquil, you know, chill out for a little bit. Drink some soup, right? <laughs> like, it, I I feel like a lot of like, and especially nowadays with COVID, everything like that, everyone has become kind of a hypochondriac in some sort of way. You have a little cough and you're like, "Fuck, I'm dying." <laughs> like, this could be a way to help alleviate some of the nurses' issues because there's a massive nurse strike right now too, where they're huh. they're going through um. Nurses are asking not, not for more pay. That's what it's really interesting. They're just asking for better management of the resources and hiring on more staff because there isn't enough nurses to help out and they're being overworked to the bone and they have been for the last few years. So like, even though COVID, it appears to be slowing down. At least it's not as covered in the media as drastically as it used to over the last couple of years. they like beds are still full. Like nurses' jobs have not slowed down one bit and it's still as dangerous as it has been. But they're just asking for not better wages, just more staff and more help. And that's a really interesting strike to have. So I'm wondering, like, can this be beneficial, right? Uh, in NPR, they talked about how one teledoctor was able to visit 30 patients within an hour and actually help those 30 patients. Now, if someone had more issues or needed something for their assistance that teledoctor would then refer a nurse to go to the room actually and speak with them and help them out as needed but for the most part like you just need to do random check-ins make sure they're alive check their vitals everything's good you're coherent you're responding awesome on to the next and they were able Mm -hmm. to drastically improve the amount of people they were able to help with telecommunications so why not ai right like I mean, that could just help alleviate some sort of stress from nurses or even just an AI bot that reminds you, like, oh, you know, take your medication instead of a nurse coming by and telling you to do it. (laughs) Like, that's just a waste of their time, (laughs) honestly, right? And that's just one more task that's on their plate that they probably don't need to have on their plate, especially right now with the way everything is. So that could be a really interesting avenue for them to go down. And I, I... I would be curious to see. I'd be very surprised if the medical field doesn't try to implement some sort of AI-driven uh, responses. It just kind of makes sense.
0: I didn't think about that. I like that idea.
1: Yeah, I'd be fine with it, right? Like if an AI told me, hey, it sounds like you have strep throat. Okay, but like to confirm, talk to your physician, right? Or it just sounds like this is the common cold. Like I you'll could- be fine
0: almost see this happening more for like therapy and i know they make those therapy apps out there and stuff but um like the therapy ai kind of stuff but it's like i don't think they're really supposed to be taken like a 100 percent seriously especially if you have like a serious like mental health problems but mm-hmm. i could see this you know eventually if you know if it was fed the right stuff, it could be really useful for that, right? What about
1: a companion, right? Like, they have companion robots in nursing homes that... Well, they have
0: that one AI companion that I think people are starting to get a little freaked out by it, but they have it. But is it like, you know concise and kind of intelligent no Mm. so it'd be interesting if like say like like you were saying like have a little companion
1: yeah it'd be cool i mean that companion robot that i've seen in the past is adorable have you seen the little seal robot it's i haven't seen the seal i think i've seen
0: like a dog
1: it's so adorable it's a little like seal robot that kind of like chirps and like makes happy noises and stuff like that and if you hug it it actually gets warm so it's really cute and it's for like nursing homes for those who don't have family or you know just need some sort of comfort in their life that maybe a human being can't give them or they don't feel comfortable with the staff or whatever it is but it's it's kind of an adorable robot and of course japan started it first so (laughs) it just makes sense (laughs) but yeah it's it's kind of a cool thing and i mean obviously there are some issues with chat gpt right the potential biases and stuff like that there's a lot of like red flags out there of it being potentially harmful in the wrong hands but we just came up with a couple interesting ways in which it could be beneficial here right like the and if we came up with it then these companies are thinking about these aspects as well so i'd be very excited to see where it's going now there are some other big tech companies out there that are feeling extremely threatened by ChatGPT right now, and you might be surprised about them. And actually, the biggest one that has actually been very outspoken about it and has it might actually be finding a way to fight it and present it in their next expo is Google. So Google is actually very afraid of losing potential money and revenue due to ChatGPT. Now, at first you might not think like it, maybe you're thinking about like Google Assistant and things like that. Well, no. They're fearful for their search engine in general. Something that actually I didn't realize it, but because Google's become so ingrained in our in our lives, but that search engine's been there for twenty years. Like that's a crazy thought. Like hmm. twenty years we've been using Google to the point where now like I hear five-year-old kids are like, I don't know, just Google it, right? Like that just becomes such a commonplace thing. Well, now with ChatGPT, I can ask questions and get answers. And they might not be 100% right all the time, but they might point me in the right direction. And who's to say that technology can't get better where it is much more reliable in the future? And the reason why Google is afraid of this is because of their sponsored links. So whenever you Google something or you look it up, uh, the first few links, they will say ad next to them, right? And a lot of us have been trained to ignore that little word, ad, because whenever you click it, uh, Google actually gets paid. So those companies are paying to be in those top slots on that first page, and the higher up you go, the more they're paying. And whenever you click it, Google gets paid by that company. But now, which at GPT, there is no pay subscription to be there, right? There is no ad revenue space to sell. Uh, the only thing is that OpenAI is just going to make a lot of money off of people because it is kind of a costly app to use right now. Now, the price might go down in the future, but as of right now, it is still pretty pricey because it's still learning. It's still figuring it out. It's early tech. And who knows, maybe it'll be free one of these days where ads are just banners on the side that we've gotten used to on apps. But it is very interesting that Google, like one of the biggest companies in the world, is actually afraid of this and doesn't want it to proliferate. It doesn't want it to grow any more than it currently is because they're afraid of this and they're afraid of losing revenue and just losing money in general, right? So one big question is, well, why doesn't Google just make their own chatbot themselves? Well, the reason why Google is timid on that subject and i think that they are currently working on one but they are still trying to iron out these specific kinks is that it's they're afraid to do so because of the potential bias in the answers and if a big company gets attached to some anti-semitic nomenclature that gets put out there from their own specific chatbot then obviously that's going to be a big hit for google Google is going to be all over the news because of some kid typing in some random question and getting a pretty fucked up answer in return, right? Whereas Mm -hmm. someone like OpenAI, it's a much smaller company, or some of these other AI companies that are coming out of the woodwork now, they are much smaller, so they're able to take risks. They're more willing to do so. And that is a very scary thing for a large tech company like Google, specifically. So it is a very interesting situation to be in. Uh, right now for for these companies whereas where they don't know what risks they should be willing to take and which ones are going to be completely detrimental to their business because in the past something like a scandal on that level could destroy an entire company but like what we've seen with things like blizzard or activision recently with those kind of scandals popping up they came and went right Like, they still have more games coming out. The company's still around. Like, they did shift around management, but they're going to continue. Look at Twitter with all the controversy that it has. Well, While people are still trying to, you know, boycott it, and some companies are saying that they're no longer going to use that resource, not enough companies are saying that to actually make any change, and Twitter's continuing. So it is a very interesting time frame for us to be in right now, where these scandals that companies like Google are afraid of and they are trying to avoid bad press, which makes sense, might not hold as much weight anymore because of how fast information is getting spit out there. So maybe it is time for them to start taking these risks and to stay ahead of the curve because that's what Google was for a long time. They took risks. They made these weird changes. But now that they're bigger, they're afraid to. But is the fear actually valid? I don't know. So it is a very interesting situation to be in. Well, all right, that's going to do it for us this week. And it is a very interesting conversation. And for those of you who are curious about ChatGPT, I do recommend downloading it. Uh, check it out and you can get three days for free to try it out. Just don't forget to cancel your sh- subscription because then it's like $8 a week or some shit like that. So <laughs> like trying to... A week? It's it's or it's either a week or a month, but it's it's pricey. It, it's too much for what it is but it is fun to play around with for a couple days right and if you got an iPad and different Apple ID account you can make them as much as you want you can just keep downloading it as much as you want to play with it <laughs> but it is a it is a fun little device there it is very interesting and i do recommend people just kind of messing around with it because i think it's very important to know about this new tech because it is going to be used It is going to be fed to us and not be told that it is being used. And we need to look out for how it sounds. What kind of framework does ChatGPT typically spit out so we can try and spot whenever we're actually talking to a real human being or not? So, but I mean, on the flip side, who knows? Maybe ChatGPT is opening the door to some amazing ideas like AI nurses, companion uh, AI, or even just a collaborator to help you get out of writer's block. There's a lot of really good and potentially evil, but that's how all tech is. All tech can be good or bad depending on who's using it. If if it's used for fun, then there you go. It's going to be fun. If some asshole company takes it and runs with it and tries to do bad things with it, guess what? You don't have to listen to it it's fine. (laughs) So just take everything you hear with a grain of salt, because you never know if you're talking to a real human or not. But yeah, we'll talk to you guys next week with our next set of moral ethical dilemmas. But until then, bye for now.